Hey guys, we have a my opinion as fact. You know, we are doing the shorter segments, interstitials before the interviews, and the longer ones. Uh, I think we've settled on that name. My opinion is fact, which is going to have a bunch of different segments in it, rotating through the weeks. And this is being recorded the day or released the day before the election. Please vote, and uh, that's the best thing you can do. I can't stress that enough, and you've been listening to this podcast. I know that uh, some people have been put off by it, and they're saying, don't politicize this podcast, and I'm going to tell you, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yep. Let's get into the podcast. Thanks, guys. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Domo Media. Thank you to Yola Tango, as always, for the intro music. All right, guys, let's do this. This is getting fun for me to see Isaac Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting fun for me. For you, Uh, yes, yes, yes. Let's boot up that supercomputer. That sounds a lot like Isaac Lee. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, our first question is going to be mac and cheese, overrated, underrated. I can't answer that. Someone else go first. Overrated. Mac and cheese is overrated. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, only because mac and cheese has been built up to be some sort of like ambrosia food of the gods thing in all forms. What kind of mac and cheese are you talking about, first of all? You know what? I'm going to piss everybody off. I'm talking about all kinds of mac and cheese here. (laughs) I think that the craft stuff... It's fine. It's more nostalgia than anything else. And that kind of like tangy, slightly sour taste, I admit, is is addictive. Now, the super beautiful looking creamy mac and cheese, even with like a, whether or not you have like a crumbly, crunchy breadcrumb top or not, like I just, it's not for me. Like the pasta is always just on the that brink of dissolving into mush. And it's just too much. It's too much for me. It's just, I, I don't care how many different cheeses you put in it. I know that it has very important cultural relevance to a lot of people. I know that people fucking love mac and cheese, but uh, it's not my jam. Hmm. Chang? Well, I think you have to put mac and cheese into different categories. And if you're going to throw out all mac and cheese, then you should throw out cacio e pepe as well. Oh, okay. Oh shit. I didn't oh. take I did not take my answer to the logical conclusion. Okay, you should you should throw out Alfredo sauce. Mm. You should throw out Mornay sauce. Okay, okay. Okay. Right? Like okay. I think that there are so many different buckets of mac and cheese and I would say as a whole Overrated, but justifiably so. It's it's a guilty pleasure. It's like listening to the Beatles or something like that, like the Poppy <laughs> Beatles. You know, oh, like shit. it's good. It makes people happy, and that's why I think it's. It, you know what it is? It's a cliche. Overrated. It's a cliche because it's fucking true. It's this is a just. It, it's a deservedly overrated. It's like a champion overrated. It, it, it became overrated because it's consensus. Almost, right? And Mm -hmm. everyone loves it. And I will say the the craft, the Annie's stuff, I think it's very strange because now I've made it for my wife because 
she fucking hates my real mac and cheese that I make <laughs> and I think is delicious. And and Hugo has the same palate as my wife. And I've been making him the <laughs> organic Annie's mac and cheese stuff. And, you know, he can't eat a whole fucking box, right? Mm. <laughs> he can eat like a third of it. So I thought maybe I'll save some for another meal the next day. What I've learned about making Annie's or Kraft or any of these fucking instant mac and cheese shit, it has a shelf life. It has an indefinite shelf life in a box. <laughs> but once you make it, it starts to literally disintegrate. It does not taste good after in 30 it's, minutes. It's crazy. Yeah. It is ephemeral like no other food I can think of. You can't even like leave a portion of it in the pot. You have to put it all into a bowl and eat it immediately. Because you, you try to go back to that hot, pot, ain't good. When you eat it hot right out of the pot and you put some fucking butter in there as well, whew, it is so good. <laughs> Let me ask you this. How many servings do you think a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese is for a human adult? Two boxes. You could do two boxes a person, I think, <laughs> per person. I was just trying to give Thank some sci-fi you. dorky shit about like the impermanence of uh, mac and cheese. It's the trying transient to, nature. Yeah, trying to intentionally lose our audience. And it must be how Lord Elrond of Lord of the Rings saw human nature. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> These human concerns are only temporary. Like an elf is forever. Yeah. Mac and cheese is temporary. Yeah. yeah. Elf life is forever. Yeah. yeah. And Shelf life versus elf life. The fancy stuff, even the nuclear shit, you know, the late Tony Bourdain loved fast food mac and cheese because it tastes terrible, but it's, <laughs> it's like it tastes terrible in a good way, right? And the fancier stuff is great as well, in my opinion. I will give you the one thing that is justifiably overrated in the context of this show. And mm -hmm. it is something that makes me incredibly upset when I see. And I do know that people like it. So I fucking hate. And this year, is like, you can't use the word hate. You know what? I've thought about that, Gustavo. Fuck that. I I'm using the word hate. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> I am both angry and hateful and, for I, I, I just, I don't like lobster mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to go with truffle mac and cheese. When was the last time you saw lo lo oh, truffle mac and cheese also not good? When was oh, the last time that, you saw lobster mac? The 666 of this <laughs> unholy trinity is truffle lobster mac and cheese. <laughs> That's the sign of the apocalypse. That is yeah. it. And, and it is this truffle mac and cheese. Let's not even talk about that. Like, that just, I can't. You want to get me in a bad mood right away? We can talk about that. But lobster <laughs> lobster mac and cheese, I don't understand. I understand as a special, I understand as a once or twice a type of thing. There's like a novelty. Mm -hmm. But people swear it's like one of their best things. And I'm like, this doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. It doesn't level. work. It's like having, you know, buffalo wing flavored bubble gum. Doesn't work. <laughs> buffalo <laughs> flavored bubblegum would work. I don't know what you're talking about. Wonderful. No, so that's terrible. I, 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 I respectfully disagree with anyone that likes lobster mac and cheese. And um, you always find it in buffets and you find some... And they put, it, oftentimes if you see it in a buffet or someplace where they serve it, they're giving you the, the plastic part of the claw of a lobster that is in most restaurants that I've worked at, you throw that shit away. You clip that off. Mm. And they just... It's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. That's the little baby underside of the claw. The yeah, bit. so um, you lobster mac and cheese lovers, send an email <laughs> at askdavidmatrixdomemedia.com. Send your mac and cheese directly to If Dave, you can convince me, if you can convince me a worthy lobster mac and cheese, I will do a mukbang video of it. For <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Wow, That's this is amazing. a serious commitment. Yes. As, as we allude to you, the wheel of Han slash It's pain. coming. It's coming. The Wheel of Han. Okay. Our next question is going to be Mitsua Ranch 99 or H-Mart? Hmm. I think that H-Mart is the champion of the three. But depending yes. on where you are, Mitsua, you know, there's a, like in Los Angeles, the best Ranch 99 I've ever been to is in Alhambra, San Valley. I've been to the Mitsua here. Mitsua East Coast is good. Mitsua here, not as good. And oh. uh, Ranch 99, very strong. But they both, and this is not me being Korean, supporting Korean. I think the H-Mart, the super H-Marts are just, 
they make me weep. <laughs> <laughs> I think underrated. I think they're all underrated. They're all underrated. All, all, I agree. All underrated, and they put white people supermarkets to fucking shame. One hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> Chris, as the uh, as the lone non-Korean on this podcast, would you like to respond? I didn't know our supercomputer was a Korean-built supercomputer. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah if Seoul. you look on the back, Samsung <laughs> <laughs> made it. Made in Seoul. Yes. Uh, I grew up a diehard Ranch 99 kid because that's, you know, that's where we did all of our grocery shopping. So when I went to college, like that was how I felt like at home was Ranch 99. When I went to Mitsua and, and H Mart for the first time, I still held on to my kind of Ranch 99 loyalty. But I will say, I admittedly, I think that because of both the quality of the offerings and because it covers the Venn diagram best of the three, I think H Mart is the best. Yes. I think you can go to Ranch 99 sometimes and not be able to get something that's more, you know, nominally Japanese or Korean. I think that if you go to H Mart, you can always find, you know, things that are Chinese, things that are Japanese, things that are Korean. Like you can you can cover everything and they're all good. So like I do think H Mart for that reason, because it's like a one-stop kind of shop thing, is is the best. Well, listen, if this is a basketball team, right? Mitsua is your six foot point guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay, that yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, like yeah. is a playmaker Finesse first. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like in three or four years, we'll develop the step back three. I think. <laughs> okay. Okay. The Ranch ninety nine is just your bruising OG power forward. Mm-hmm. Right. I a la like Carl Malone, and I think a super a regular old H Mart is a bench warmer. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Regular H Mart's not great. However, Super H Mart is like Scotty Pippen being <laughs> like, you know, like just all around everything. It's not the greatest of all time, but dependable, has everything, just very little weakness overall. And I go, like sometimes I'll go to an H Mart and be like, ah, there's a couple things I can get maybe better, right? Like I think Ranch 99 has more potential seafood offerings, right? But for example, you go to H Mart, they have spot prawns and abalone. You can have mm-hmm. maybe some of those things. Maybe the price is a little bit different. There's certainly more Chinese offerings, Taiwanese offerings, and the whole continent of China offerings. I will say the prepared foods at both are good. I will buy more prepared foods at a Ranch 99 than I do at an H Mart. H Mart, the panchan is just okay. Just okay. It's not worthy of really celebrating. They have good kimbap. They have good tteokbokki. But outside of that, it's fine. The restaurants in the H Mart are awesome. They're really always good. The prepared foods, like the Taiwanese boxes you can get at a Ranch 99 and all of the... They're more Taiwanese offerings, in my opinion, are fucking outrageously good. Outrageously Mm -hmm. good. That fucking crushes. And that's like just a solid rebounding. They just fucking crush. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so Sunday mornings, my family would go to Ranch 99 and we would get um, Fantuan, you know, like the, the rice rolls around the crawlers with the mm. pork floss in them, which were a very decent version and the only one I could really find near us. And then we get soy milk. So, yeah. But man, they're also Chris, good. I also want to highlight um, something that you said that at an H Mart, you can get like Chinese stuff and Japanese stuff. I mean, let's think about it. Korea was conquered by China and mm-hmm. Japan throughout its history. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of culinary influences and there's a lot of like overlap. And it's, it is the Venn diagram, really, Korean cuisine. So you aren't really betraying your people, Chris, <laughs> by, by picking <laughs> H-Mart. You're really just saying that like it's, if you're going with the all-arounder, you have to go with H-Mart. I mean, that's no the thing. Is like I st- if I, even if I'm cooking Chinese food, I can still go to H-Mart and find everything and I could possibly everything there, eat, yeah. So. I appreciate that supercomputer. I appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> I also want to it. shout out Marukai, which is a which is a Southern California based supermarket. That's a that's Japanese. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to one, Chang, but no. I, I think it seems like uh, Chris, you've been to one. Those mm-hmm. are awesome. Those are can great. I can I just say this? Shopping for Asian food in Los Angeles really does make me cry. It's what we talk about in my family <laughs> all the time. It is incredibly meaningful. And I, I know we've been joking a lot or talking a lot of shit in general the past few podcasts. This is probably the most serious thing besides me fucking hating Trump is how much joy shopping for Asian food 
is in Southern California. It is something mm. that I never thought could be the case. When I talk shit about ethnic food aisles, a lot of people in California are like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, that doesn't, <laughs> that's not the world I live in. And right. now I understand it is, it's why representation matters. You know, you'd be able to find on the East Coast smaller things. Like, there's some big shops now, but growing up, you'd find very small stores that, you know, sold to the local Asian community or specific Korean community in my, my case. And I can't even imagine what my worldview would be if I had access to all this Asian goodness. And I'm not, I probably have been to four or five different supermarkets that sell Chinese goods. I don't even know the names. They're all outstanding. They all have the smell that I want. Smells like I'm fucking Asia, right? And, and like right <laughs> when you enter the door, you guys know what I mean? Yes. And, and um, you see the fruits that you want. You see the vegetables that you need. You see the cuts. Like, let's just talk about the cuts of, of meat. Like, I'm not cooking steaks in the American sense or the European sense. Like, I just made a bowl of Japanese curry for lunch today. And I was like, oh, I have all this thinly sliced pork butt. Like, they have all my meats thinly sliced. Mm. You can't get that anywhere else. The quality of fish there is just fucking insane. It blows any Whole Foods right out of the fucking water. We should pause for a second and talk about that thinly sliced meat thing. Because that's just not even part of the vernacular of, you know, Western supermarkets. Like, thinly sliced meat, meaning, you know, what... What you what people might know from like shabu shabu or sukiyaki or something like you can't find that and you can't no. really even ask people to cut that because they have deli slicers mm-hmm. but they're for the deli right. in the Whole Foods they won't put a raw chuck roast on there they won't put something else on there right and like that cuts off a lot of fucking possibilities yeah. for cooking and the different vegetables I can get garlic chives I can get yeah uh, prilla leaves get neep right I can get shiso I I can't get that even in New York getting to the you know, going to Brooklyn to the H-Mart, it's a pain in the ass if you live in Manhattan. And the H-Mart at 32nd Street is fine, but not great. But it's and it doesn't small have the too. access to produce and it's small. I can have like yeah. different sizes of Asian pears. I have a whole <laughs> aisle of kimchi. I can get gakdugi. I can get different ages of kimchi. I can get, it's unfucking real All the noodles. I... <laughs> Listen, like there's things that other the other supermarkets do better, right? And look, listen, like you're not going to find organic orange juice. I know this. The things that I can't get at H Mart, I get at a Whole Foods for Hugo. I can't get like the wide selection of yogurt and shit. That's fine, <laughs> but you have it. It's just not like a super deep selection. It's like Bizarro World, right? <laughs> Mm. Everything that has a ton of options in a Whole Foods, a Kroger, <laughs> or a Vons, <laughs> yeah, is now just the polar opposite in an right. Asian market, and it's fucking weird, right? There's only like, one kind of barbecue sauce at Ranch 99. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's I like having that optionality, and I can't tell you enough. Listen, it's been a fucking shit show here with the fires, the earthquake, and. All that stuff's been a disaster. But the one thing that has kept my family sane and healthy is access to Asian ingredients that we couldn't get anywhere else. And and it it has genuinely made quarantine livable. And I can't thank all the Asian supermarkets enough. It is fucking a godsend. And it makes me so happy. I I totally feel you. Can I add a couple more things you can get at Asian grocery stores that you can't get elsewhere? Yeah. One is... Nowhere else do you get to hear those like synthesizer MIDI versions of pop songs as you walk up and down the <laughs> aisle. Like that's an amazing treat. Number yeah. two, my parents every weekend we went to Ranch 99 because they wanted to pick up a Chinese newspaper too. Mm. Like mm. this is it's actually a community hub in a lot of ways. You know, when we would go somewhere to and we want to bring a little gift, like they've got their little plant selection in the front. You, you know, you bring a plant for good luck to people. Whenever I would go to like a friend's restaurant opening or something, we'd bring them a little money plant. And it's just like little shit like that. Like you can buy the red envelopes for Chinese New Year and things like that that you give out to the kids with money. And and like these serve an essential function, not only because of the food and what, what's available there. And, and like, I feel you, Chang. I, I totally, when I've left the little womb of Southern California and all of that availability, you feel pretty lost. So I'll praise that, to them. That's a great point. And I will add one other thing. Regardless of your skin color, you're going to get shitty service at these supermarkets. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
They are not friendly. Yeah. They are not they're, they're, out yeah, here not to make friendly, your life easier. Name me a non-Asian supermarket that will clean, fillet, and deep fry your fish for you. Exactly. Like, ain't nobody exactly. else going to do that like, shit. If you go to the fish part at H Mart and you say, I want that black cod broken down, you're going to wait. You're going to wait a long time. And they're going to look at you. They're going to look at you right in the fucking eye and be like, I hope this fucking guy leaves. <laughs> I've done it to the point where I've waited 10 minutes to get the attention of the dude. He looks at me and he's still doing his fucking work. And he's just like that, like, fuck you, get away from me look. Mm-hmm. And I usually go super early in the morning. He's like, dude, I just got here. Get the fuck out of my sight. I, I got I to gotta prep all this shit. I get out of here. I'm not going to now just go make whatever you need. And I... This recently happened. I was going to make Korean spicy braised black cod. And um, he's like, look at the aisle. There's one right there. Wrapped up in plastic. Mm-hmm. And he walked away. <laughs> and he didn't, you wouldn't butcher my fucking fish. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I, I didn't get mad. I said, this is the game. Don't hate the game. <laughs> Don't hate it's the, the game. game. It's the game. This is the game. Don't hate the game, man. Like, you're going to be told no. Almost, that's the only thing. Or someone's just going to look at you in the eye and, and just walk away. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't give a shit about your needs. Oh, like, hey, uh, I need a... What's that soybean shit, Isaac? That Do you? Know? Well, no, what? Um, soybean what? Powder. Like, the grain powder that old oh. Korean people eat. Oh, miskaru. Miskaru. Miskaru, miskaru, yeah. I love miskaru. I love it too. And I, I asked the ajima there... Where's Miskaru? And she's just as like, she took me down to the aisle, which I was surprised. And she just mm-hmm. goes like this. <laughs> just waves her hand at it. <laughs> and walks away. That was the best service I've ever gotten. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it says about us that that gives us a warm and fuzzy feeling of like, wow, oh, that's man. amazing. Like, that's yeah, so I've great. Never, I, I've, I've not asked for directions in an Asian supermarket for a no. long time, knowing that I'm not going to get a fucking It has answer. everything. And I, again, like, I, what I love most about going to HMART is the kinds of languages you hear. I, mm-hmm. I would say the most predominant group of people I see that is not Asian is of the Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. It's always been the case growing up. Like the H Mart services, I think the Latino communities as well as anything else. And I hear Chinese, I hear Vietnamese, uh, I hear Mandarin, Cantonese. And I also hear that at Ranch 99. Like I love that this is like ours, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. great. And, and I wish we had more of this all over the country. I agree. So under, under fucking rated. Underrated. All three of them. Underrated. Uh, Asian supermarkets. All right. Moving on real quick here. Wow, that was the, the most impassioned defense. Yeah, I of, know, man. Asian supermarkets. You I, were I really into it. Though. I fucking felt it, man. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, there's, it's there's something I'm deadly serious about, man. Like, I am not fucking around when I talk about the importance of it. I, 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 it is probably the only bright spot of 2020. You know what? It's, it's actually really inspiring because, like, I'm from Southern California. I've lived here for most of my life. I just took it for granted. I'm just like, yeah, of course, there's Asian markets here. But hearing somebody from the East Coast moving to the West Coast, appreciating it, like that gives me a new appreciation for it. I'm just, I'm just not going to take it for granted. I will say underrated though for Asian markets are Japanese department store supermarkets, which are the greatest yes. supermarkets in the history of the world or in Korea. Yeah. I don't know how they... Yeah, it, 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 it just... That's just on another fucking level. That's it's insane. We're yeah. we're single A baseball, and that's that's major league. That's the only way I can compare it. So, <laughs> all right. Um, moving on to uh, something a little bit out of left field here. A lot of people during this pandemic have been taking road trips. Road trips overrated, underrated. Younger Dave Chang underrated. Older Dave Chang. No, I'm not even going to get in the fucking car. <laughs> It's not even overrated. You're just saying no. I hate it now. I hate driving in the car. Mm. I feel like it's dangerous. And mm. I always have to go to the bathroom now. And I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Yang? Uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty much with Chang. I think, I think that um, one of the things I loved to do when I was in college and, and shortly after when I had no responsibilities and nothing to fucking worry about was to get in the car with my friends and just drive in whatever direction and see where we landed. I love road trips. I like it generally. Um, father Chris Ying, 
Mm. I'll never fucking take another road trip in my life. <laughs> never no. again. That's great. That's I'm never, great. I, I have no desire. Like, uh, no, I hate, I hate driving now. I had, when I had to go to work for Vegas, I drove, I drove like what, 10 hours in a day. I was like, mm. I just want it done and out of the way. There's no part of me that enjoys it. Younger college Dave Chang I love this, the whole setup, right? It's making sure you've burned a CD or a tape. You have yeah. the mm. whole ritual. I love the ritual of a road trip. You got to have your tobacco products. You got to have your, all your, your, you know, even when what you might even have to piss in, right? It, like that kind of shit. Like you're locked and loaded to go. Mm-hmm. And I even remember like I'd have a Velcro set up so I could put the fucking portable CD player and the plug to put in the fucking tape player. The whole thing was janky, didn't make sense. And music's blasting. I love nothing more than smoking cigarettes and driving. It was the best. I love yeah. that. And every single thing is fun. Like you could stop at a gas station with your friends and it could be the Eating most beef, fucking jerky, epic thing in the world. Awesome. And yeah. now, like I listen to podcasts. I don't really listen to music because like I have to concentrate on the road. <laughs> right, right. I, this, driving's not fun anymore. Yeah. It is oh a my job. God. I used to make the drive. So I went to school up here in Northern California and my parents live in Southern California. I would make that drive back and forth, you know, 25 times a year yeah. and I would drive 115, mi- 115 miles an hour like down the fucking oh freeway. God. And now I'm like, go on, go by, go, go ahead, semi truck, pass me. <laughs> like I'm good over here. I got kids in the car. Go ahead. Yeah. I, hate, I, going hate going in, I hate going, I hate getting the left lane on the highway now. I'm like, that's dangerous. <laughs> it's too fast. Too, 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 too fast. They're so fast. <laughs> what are they doing? So you know what I'm talking about, Nick? You I'm, like, I'm 100% with you. I'm like, you whippersnappers. Uh, I am a right lane. I don't give a shit if there's nobody in the HOV lane and I'm packed with eight people. That shit's not for me anymore. It's so dangerous over there. I'm dying. This is, this is so funny. I uh, I literally, it's like, I, I hate driving in LA now because of all the goddamn highways, exits are on the left and right side. And, I don't ever want to be on the left side of the highway and now I have no choice. You know, like it, I just get so wow. mad at people who drive fast. I'm just yeah. like, why are you driving so fast? It's dangerous Chris, to me. Don't you care? In Southern California, you have to get in the left lane to get off fucking highways. That's bullshit. That's, yeah. That is crazy. That's yeah. crazy that you have to put yourself at risk no. by going in the fast I'll tell you, lane. I tell you what, <laughs> when I picked up the dragon, I had to drive from Pasadena to California. I, I, haven't, been, I haven't driven the K-Town in a while. <laughs> from Pasadena, that is. I was like, man, how many fucking left side exits are there? I do not like this job. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're so old. This is insane. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I got to put in my navigation to remind myself to take the long way. Oh my God. This is not acceptable like, no, driving. Because you don't want to be on the left lane to merge no, into I mean, a different. No joke. No joke. As a, as, a younger, yeah. as a younger Asian person, no joke. Like part of my like aggressive driving style was like, I don't want to be thought of as like some, you know, Asian person driving in the slow lane. Like I'm a, I'm a fast driving <laughs> young American. And now I'm just like, nah, fuck this. Like I'm just right behind the, I'm right behind. They were right. And then, you know, you know what's something you know, when I was, okay, this is, this is actually something like when I used to drive around with my mom, I would sometimes when I was younger, I would get mad at like slow drivers. And sometimes they'd be like, you know, old Asian ladies. And she said to me one time, she was like, don't get mad. That might be your mom in the next car. I'm just like, oh shit, I gotta be, I gotta be nice. And now it's just me. Now it's just me in that lane. And yeah. now like I drive with Hugo, I'm even like, it's war. I'm like, I am so. <laughs> you don't even have a podcast on. You don't have no, music I'm, on. You're I'm just, just like, no, I'm serious. Like I, I need silence. It's like, these fucking people are trying to attack my son, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I should be driving a goddamn Clydesdale of a car. Like, I, yeah. I don't even understand. I will give you a, a side story, but I'd like your guys' opinion. And this is something that I don't know if I have even told Ying. Growing up, what's the stereotype for Asian drivers in the world? They're, they're Terrible, bad at it. slow, they're bad awful drivers. It. Yeah, Awful drivers. This is my genuine theory. Not theory, belief. Mm-hmm. And it was solidified in the last time we were in China for Ugly Delicious. When I saw a bus driver, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're driving this fucking town. And it's scary going over these fucking cliffs and all this crazy shit. And he's reversing. 
And he's not even looking at the mirror. <laughs> he's, he's just... Just going off a of feel. Just, just, just reversing, doing everything off a of feel. I have seen what seems like 12 to 16 lane highways in China. Like, I've seen the craziest things. Like a car on the right-hand side, lane one, not using a blinker, and not like going like this, just straight... Just Making as the crow flies to the left, flies to the far to lane. left lane. <laughs> like Frogger. Like it's Frogger, the game. Just straight fucking through. Like, like, you just see acts of driving in Asia. It's not just China. It's Korea. Also, you can see people driving with their cell phones, putting on makeup. Like, if you really look out the car when you're in Asia... Right. Even if like you're in when I was in Cambodia with the rickshaws and the motorbikes, it's fucking insanity. (laughs) My theory is if you actually had to take the statistics of accidents, there are less accidents in Asian driving than there are in Western countries or America. Uh huh. Is that true? That's what I'm going to say. But even if not, once you calculate the level of difficulty of driving, that mm. Asian drivers do. Accounted for, if you yeah, adjusted that, for if inflation. If you average that out, I think that we are, Asian drivers are the best drivers in the world. I agree. <laughs> I agree with this. this. I mean, you see acts that defy any laws of physics mm-hmm. or rational thought. And I've now reached a point of just total acceptance and reverence for the lunacy of Asian drivers. <laughs> and I think that we're the best fucking drivers because you know what? Nobody else can do the shit that we do in cars. 1,000%. 1,000%. This is some fucking Adam Smith Wealth of Nations laissez-faire approach to like, if you let the market control itself, right. you let and, highways and, and, you know, just control you know, themselves. <laughs> no more lanes. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> Here's the, the last part of this. If you really sort of suss this out, then... It's white people that are bad drivers. <laughs> Ooh, you're turning it around. You're turning it around on them. Of course. You know, it's like l- learning a different language. Like they think that we're bad. No, mm. they're the ones that are actually the bad drivers. They just don't understand the level of excellence that we're driving at. Yeah. They can't comprehend it. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember when a friend of mine visited Seoul for the first time and he was texting me like, yo, people here drive like insane. I was like, yeah, that's that's called good driving, buddy. <laughs> yeah. High pressure situations. They're like all yeah. the time, every time. I think it's like it's like Drunken Master. You know, the right. Jackie Chan movie, Drunken Master. It's just like, they just fucking know how to just do it. And it's a kind of driving that no one else knows how to do. So I, I remember watching um in Black Panther, the scene where, where they're doing the car chase in Busan, thinking like, that's like a normal day in Busan. Like that's like a normal <laughs> thing that would happen. Is <laughs> that insane car so chase? So you're like, so you think like people in Japan are like, what is Tokyo drift? We just call that turning left. <laughs> just, but it's not. It's not just like it's Southeast Asia, like India. God, the driving there made me fucking proud. Oh my I was God. so proud of the fucking lunacy driving I saw in India too. It's just, it's the only like the civil driving that you see in America and Europe that I think is the the the, the improper way to drive. <laughs> Great. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of 
the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Moving on, Makoli, overrated or underrated? Makoli, overrated when not done properly. Ooh, okay. Makoli needs to be eaten Eaten. with certain foods, or drunk with certain foods, paired Uh with certain foods, and it can't be sipped out of a cup. You need to fucking use a bowl. Yes, never, never drink makoli out of a cup. I think I see too many people not doing makoli right. How do you think people are rating it? Let's ask before before I can sort of answer as oh. whether it's over or underrated in your eyes as two Korean as a Korean computer and a <laughs> Korean man. Right. How do you think like the foodie audience rates makoli? People love it. I will tell you too. I learned a long time ago when you put and then it's a cousin. It's very similar to nigori sake. Nigori being the cloudy, unfiltered. Mm-hmm. If you put Nagori, when we put Nagori on years and years ago, I saw it fucking just sales go through the fucking roof. Because <laughs> just people love. That's true. They do love the unfiltered for some reason. Yeah, they love it. They love about? it. They love it. They love it. And and I, I'm not, again, this is not trying to be racist or anything. It was white Caucasian tables just loving it. And Asian people tend to not buy Nagori sake. We never really put makoli on until much later. But Nagori, there's something about the cloudiness that is very appealing to people that are maybe not familiar with Asian food. So mm. I'm not a connoisseur, but I love, you know, I've always enjoyed makoli. I, uh, I think that it has been hyped up in the in foodie circles by food media and stuff. I can Who see how it can be overrated. I just, I'm just, I think like, you know, random trend pieces every now and then tell you like, the, the hot new drink. Yeah, I think it's a cool drink for like white people who've learned a little bit more about food. Like they consider that like a, it's a cool thing that I drink. Let's just think about this, guys. If you're a white person and you've listened to this podcast so far of My Opinion is Fact, you're going to be like, wow, they don't like white people at all. <laughs> no, no, that's not what we're saying. No, no, no. That's, it's true. We should talk about this because there's actually been comments to that effect where it's like, I love the podcast, but like you guys seem to hate white people. Chris is, married to a, Chris is married, married to a white person. To a white person. <laughs> and most of my life, I wanted to be white. So, <laughs> yeah, it's what it really is. I mean, like, listen, I, I, same here, man. Same. Look, I mean, I don't want to derail us into into like American anthropology here, but our society is dominated by white people and white culture. So everything that we we say as minorities, it's we're basing it off of, and, and our foil is always going to be white people. It's not a detriment to white people or anything, a criticism against the white people or white culture. It's really just the foil. It's just really what we have to go off of because they're the hegemonic culture. Thank God for this supercomputer. We, we intended, <laughs> like at the end of movies where you see that clip, no animals were harmed or injured in this filming of this production. <laughs> <laughs> in this podcast, no white people were intended to be harmed. <laughs> Or, or poke fun of intentionally. It's, right. It's just shorthand. But what, yeah. So what I was going to say about Makali is I think that it may not be overrated in my book because I'm thinking about other Asian alcoholic beverages that have like tried to, like people have tried to hype up to and say like, mm. this is the new thing you haven't had. And one of them is Chinese Baijiu, Ooh, which people it. will try to tell you every now and then is delicious. I fucking think it's the most disgusting thing oh. a human can drink. Okay. First thing I ever got fucking drunk with my dad with. Baiju. Baiju. Oh, so cow. fucked up. That was so it's, fucked up. It'll fuck you up real good, but it's so nasty tasting. It, it, for people that know, it can literally technically be distilled any grain, right? <laughs> like, you can make anything. it out of anything. It's and just Baiju, there's different qualities, but... I think that the funny thing a lot of people may not understand is just how much Asian cultures drink. I think per capita, people mm. drink more in Korea than any other country. I think soju is the number one drink distilled liquor in the world. And I would say, too, when I've been to China, what I appreciate the most are the old men in the morning 
not even eating breakfast. They're not eating fucking breakfast. They're drinking a fucking giant glass to the meniscus, like a tall, like 16-ounce glass of fucking baiju. That's it. It's It's crazy, and I just have mad respect for it because, like, really, you know, Chris, you've seen this. Giant glasses of baiju. Yeah. And they're just just talking and smoking cigarettes (laughs) at 8.30 in the morning. And I just, I'm like, wow, I want to be that person. Yeah, that's like that. That's true Zen right there. You can get to that level. <laughs> just like wake up, smoke an insane Chinese cigarette <laughs> that's also just made out of like shrapnel and fucking <laughs> cow turds or whatever. So that's so strong. And then drink a tall glass of Baijiu and then you're on your way. I mean, we're talking about <laughs> a tall glass of Baijiu is basically the equivalent of like 10 shots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a pint so of like, vodka. Just, they're not drinking coffee. They're literally just leisurely sipping straight alcohol. And yeah. I don't under, I've never seen that in any other country. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, all right, supercomputer. All right, let's do um let's do a question here. What's your favorite way to cook slash eat a potato? Microwave. Microwave. All right. Yeah. Microwave potato is the only way to cook potatoes in my world now. I mean, yes, <laughs> oh, wow. pan fried is great, fr- fried is great, but now uh, for a statin. Pill Pop and Dave Chang microwave potatoes <laughs> are the best. Yeah, I think my favorite way to cook a potato, I'm I'm a convert to this, is is to microwave it. I have not just pure quality and convenience. Microwave potato is the best way to cook it. Favorite way to eat a potato, I still got a soft spot in my cholesterol filled heart for um, twice baked potatoes. <laughs> Like I really, I really love a twice baked potato. Okay. I like all the nasty potato preparations, man. That was like when I was a potato that skins. Was a treat. Potato skins <sighs> so good. Ooh. Potato skins, goddamn, dude. Just damn. Like cheese it's a and cup bacon of sour cream, and bacon sour bits, cream. and just a smidgen of scallions just and <laughs> melted fucking cheddar cheese, like low grade cheddar cheese. <laughs> Fuck, man. Fucking potato that doesn't get better skins, than that. Does man. not get I've better than one. that. Yeah. So. Favorite way to eat is like just whatever the nastiest way to eat a potato is. That's my favorite. But God damn, I mean, fri- is fried is fried away? Isaac? Yeah, fucking fries. Fries? Yeah, just fried potatoes. That, that is the counts. best way. That's if the best way. Me, fried potatoes. The most delicious way is fried in animal fat, mm-hmm. preferably beef fat, then followed by duck fat, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you fry potatoes in fat and salt. You salt them. I mean. That is as pure as a food moment you can ever have. God damn, you know, I, I know we've talked about it before, but um, you just reminded me of the Bill Simmons inspired fries at Major Domo that now oh, I have yeah. not had for seven oh. fucking months. Holy shit. The what BS a pain in, the, pain in the fucking dick. <laughs> <to> fucking <make>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever want me to put something on menu? Just say that uh, I can't make it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, mac and cheese. You know, Bill Simmons has a challenge. He says he makes the best mac and cheese. And uh, maybe mm-hmm. we have to do a throwdown with his um, Cam Newton of uh, mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. love Cam. I'm just saying he's playing like total shit right now. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's <laughs> and tough, he ruined yeah. my fucking fantasy league with Bill Simmons. I am last place. I'm dead oh, last. Chang. And oh, I'm an Chang. embarrassment. And uh, everybody on this fantasy league are like asking Bill, like, this guy's a fucking clown. This guy, as in Dave Chang, me, you, yeah, okay. I, 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 I can't get it. I, I can't even talk about. It. No, I, I don't know what's <laughs> going right, on. I'm right, so right. upset. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the record, I, I think mashed potatoes. I, I really enjoy mashed potatoes. That's not a way of cooking, is it? Not that is a style. Yeah, you can have mashed potatoes from microwave. Okay. Okay. Oh, but you were thinking more meta. I was thinking more of just like, what's the best potato dish? Isaac, I'm always thinking meta. I've <laughs> <laughs> got Thomas Pynchon over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have learned that. I have learned that for sure. Um, next question here. Horror movie that fucked you up as a kid? Oh, that's a great one. Whew. Chris Yang? When I was too young... When I was too young to see this and I was at my cousin's house, he showed me a movie called Shocker, mm-hmm. which is like a Wes Craven movie about like a serial killer who gets the electric chair and rather than killing him, it gives him the power to like travel through electric current and like show up anywhere and then terrify you and murder you. That was probably the first horror movie I saw. And um, 
one of two movies that fucked me up for life. So, Shocker, directed by Wes Craven. That's mine. Fuck, I hate that movie. I have two that are... I mean, the first one didn't fuck me up as much, but it's important that I bring up the second one. The first one is Poltergeist with the clown because I had basically the same clown in my room <laughs> growing up. <laughs> That's fucking rough. I'm serious, man. And I was just like, that thing is going to kill me. Hmm. Oh, and my Jesus. parents didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, you know, I was Jesus. like, I think one of our aunts got us this year. And they're like, no, you have to keep this in your room. <laughs> You're like, it's going to kill it's me. It's going to fucking kill me, man. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> the old lady with the glasses told me it's going to fucking kill me. Oh, man, I can only imagine your, like, was any of our parents being like, what are you talking that, about? That Just goddamn clown on the doorknob was going to come to life and fucking murder me for sure. And then in third grade, the Asian kid that didn't get into Thomas Jefferson High School or uh, Gifted and Talent School and me and the co- other dummy Asian kids that didn't get in, I think had a sleepover. And his sis- older sister went to high school with my older brother and... They thought it'd be a good idea if we saw Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Oh, oh God. I was in the third grade, I think. There are two scenes that really fucked me up. And to this day, I do not like horror movies because of Nightmare. And Poltergeist is more of the supernatural, biblical nature almost. You know, whatever. Which is a good movie. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, to this day, fucks me up. Because I cannot watch a horror movie. And the reason I cannot watch horror movies is because of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 with Freddy Krueger. I blocked out a lot of things, but the two that really fucked me up were the cockroach motel, where the person this. turns into a cockroach. Oh and then because oh like we. Oh, God. Yeah. Right? And then, like, every time I see a cockroach box or some insect box, I'm like reminded and triggered of that moment of how scared I was. And then the one where the person dreams and Freddy Krueger rips out their tendons and, and veins in their arms and legs and use them as like a, as a puppet and makes them walk off a fucking building or something like that. I, if so, fuck me up. I remember not being able to go to sleep. I remember not being able to not use a nightlight. I think I went to bed with the fucking lights on for like seven months. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, I can't go to sleep. I can't go to sleep. <laughs> Because Freddy Krueger still fucked me up. Huh. Yeah, man. I man. hate I hate horror films. Me like too. I really me hate too. horror movies. Bill Simmons loves it. Horror <sighs> films. I cannot do it. I don't understand it. I do not understand it. Uh, my submission for this is The Descent. Watched it at a birthday party that I don't think I was even invited to. I just like tagged along with my brother. And then I ended up being scarred for life by this movie. That was terrifying. Um, by The Descendants? The Descent. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That George Clooney movie? <laughs> the Descent. Did I say Descendants? No, you didn't. No, okay. But uh, no, that that's you should truly say Batman. destroyed. <laughs> George Clooney, Batman, the worst Batman. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, I also have another submission for adult Isaac Lee. I watched Midsummer because people were talking about it and they said it was a good movie and I watched it and it turns out I don't like scary movies and I never have. Well, truthfully, I, I don't know any of those movies. The reason why I haven't... No, I don't know it is because of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. My, my fear of scary movies is so great that I still have not watched Get Out. Oh, it's not scary. That's literally exactly where I am. And I know how like amazing that movie is supposed to be. But like, I, I ask people, is it scary? And they're like, well... And that's it. I'm like, no, I can't no, do it. No, it's, it's, it's scary. more of like it. a drama thriller than a horror. I can't do it. I have I, a- I, I'm not trying to name drop here, but I'm friends with John Krasinski. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I think one time we got to know each other the past few years. And uh, he's like, you haven't watched my film. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> the Quiet Place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like every time you bring it up, like I, I just can tell, you know, I can tell from your facial expressions that you're lying. <laughs> you see the film. <laughs> Did you tell like, him you're too scared? I told him I'm too scared. <laughs> I'm too fucking scared. That movie was and it, was, it wasn't as myself, fuck. it was another mutual friend. And he said, The both of you guys are lying. And then my other friend was like, I'm too scared to watch it too. I said, like, Thank God, I can't watch it. It's too fucking scary. I didn't tell it because of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. This is like this this episode has been all about how Dave and I are scared to drive in the fast lane and how we can't watch horror movies. What the hell is happening? I mean, here? that's my level of scary that's my level of scariness, the silent place, the monsters. And that's another reason I couldn't watch uh, Love Country on HBO. 
Lovecraft um, Country, yeah. Lovecraft Country, because I, after that first episode, I was like, well, that's too scary. Can't watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. My, my, my level of, of scaredy catness, like I have a lifelong, a legitimate lifelong fear of witches because of the Wizard of Oz. Like I can't even. Because of the Wizard of Hocus Oz? Pocus. Yeah, that witch freaks me out, man. Like it's, it's legit. I have a legit fear of these things. Oh so, my God. Anyway. Today's episode of the Dave Chang Show brought to you by cowardice. <laughs> grown men who are tired. <laughs> yeah, brought to you by cowardice. Spread the word. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, that's. I mean, I'm the cowardly wow. lion, man. I mean, like I, I'm afraid of horror movies too, but like thrillers, you know, or like gore, you, know, you can still enjoy. Mm-mm. Oh, Mm-mm. I, like the gore porn, like hostile stuff is even worse. No, to like, me. like uh, I don't want to see like, any of that shit. Have you seen the Boys, the Amazon series? It's a lot of gore, but no. Are you not no. hearing? Dave couldn't watch his friend's movie that changed his life because it's too scary. He's not going to watch. Okay, he's not okay. going to watch the boys for the pleasure. The only violence I can watch is like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. You know, I can watch that kind of decapitation or like Vikings. Right. Like that doesn't scare me. But once it gets into the supernatural, supernatural surreal, yeah. uh-uh, get me the fuck okay. out of there. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's change the topic here. On a much lighter note, Subway sandwiches, overrated, underrated. <sighs> Wow, we just My both God. exhaled. I'm going to say <laughs> overrated in flavor, in taste, <laughs> everything. Underrated in its Machiavellian scheme to dominate and conquer the world as the number one franchise with the most units in the world. And underrated in how they have reverse engineered why people like it. They just pump that fucking fake bread smell in. Mm. You can and that's smell a fucking subway from 100 yards. It's incredible. And, you know, like, when I'm in Toronto and we get out of service and we have a restaurant there at the Shangri-La, everything closes around us. But the only thing that's open late night is a subway. So I'll eat subway, and it's not something I enjoy. <laughs> it's sustenance. <laughs> but, but I used to love it. I'll be honest. I used to love it because one of my... Listen, a lot of Korean immigrants, they become franchisees of things. And one of my parents' closest friends, were they had two Subway franchises. And I grew up eating Subway. I thought it was delicious. And I'd always go to the Philly cheesesteak and then the Italian. And I thought it was the pinnacle of deliciousness, like everything else. So it was like I grew up thinking that Domino's was the greatest pizza in the world. I just don't have the same nostalgia for Subway like I do with Domino's. And partly is I've now tasted other things and I just don't have the same sort of pattern of nostalgia, the Proustian Madeleine moment that I have for Subway that I do with Domino's. I don't know why. I'm an unreliable narrator. I'm just telling you (laughs) that Subway just doesn't bring me joy. Mm -hmm. Chris? Yeah. There are crazy Subway fans. The people who uh, adult adult humans who are my friends love Subway. And I think that, that they're crazy. I think it's like it's so overrated in that way, but that smell, man, it's it's Pavlovian. I, I yeah. I've never smelled it and been like, ew, gross. I don't want to go to Subway. I smell it. And I'm like, should I get a fucking Dude, Subway? My mouth is right watering now? right now just thinking about the smell. <laughs> I think the EU just declared it not bread because there's too much sugar. <laughs> it's insane. That's yeah. I, I read something. About, that's fucking insane. But let's stay on this for one second. What are your respective? So Chang, Philly cheesesteak or, or Italian combo or whatever. That's yeah, your yeah. order. Philly cheesesteak, it was a six inch. And then I think inevitably my brother or my mom would get the Italian and you do the half and half. And then you mm-hmm. get the pink lemonade. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was always it. And then you'd get the banana peppers mm-hmm. on it. Banana peppers always. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I feel like a snob saying like, oh, I don't like Subway anymore. But I, I, I just think it's just omnipresent. I think that's my problem with it. Mm. Yeah, I don't seek it out. I don't. I don't know anybody actually who has not eaten a Subway sandwich within the last five years, though. Like, mm-hmm. you just you eat it. Everybody eats it. My order is nasty, though. I eat, I go for that meatball marinara. Me too. Ooh, Me too. I was, I, was Me about, too. I was about to say that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, that's a hidden favorite. That's and I, 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 I'm going to, I totally forgot about that. And that is, that's never bad. <laughs> Never it's, it's just not bad. And you do it with the banana peppers and, and provolone or something. Yeah. But it's not, here's the thing it's not just bad and it's never not bad in Subway. It's never not bad anywhere in the world. Anywhere, anywhere in, in the, the world. world. At any Subway location, <laughs> anywhere yes. on this planet. Any, any restaurant that puts it on a menu, any pizzeria, oh, yeah. it's always going to be good. Doesn't matter if it's store oh, yeah. bought. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. A meatball sandwich cannot be denied. It is undeniable. Um, but I also, 
I've been known, and I think I'm going to get some shit for this one. I've been known to fuck with that sweet onion chicken teriyaki sandwich, too. Ooh, oh, my God. <laughs> Christopher. Christopher, come on. No, I come think, on. I think Jimmy John's is a step up from oh. Subway. And I also think that Jersey Mike's is has a better cheesesteak. Mm. And I think they, they, they have the in and out, I'm going to fool you. Their fresh potato trickery is the slicing of the deli meats. That doesn't <laughs> you know, it's so fucking marketing nonsense. But um, I think there's com- competition out there. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of either of those, but I'll take, of, of those three, what would you choose? Jimmy John's, Subway, or Jersey Mike's? I've never, I don't think I've had Jersey Mike's. Oh, you haven't? But um, I don't think I have. Um, I think I'm going with Jersey Mike's. Shit, now I need to try Jersey Mike's. I'll say it's Jersey Mike's. But they all pair in comparison to the best subs of, and whether people say they're over... This is truly the overrated or underrated, but if you're not from the New York slash Atlantic City area, you will not know. The White House in New Jersey, in Atlantic City, that is the fucking best. I love that place. A lot of people say, oh, that's overrated. I don't give a shit. Uh, for someone that's been going to Atlantic City since they were 18 years old, I love the White House, you have to get the cheesesteaks. You got to get the Italian subs God loaded. Damn. And it's the best. I love mm-hmm. that place. And all those chains are pale imitations of the of the OG mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Supercomputer, before we move on, what is your, what's your Subway order? Oh, I mean, meatball marinara. I don't think I've ever actually ordered anything from Subway. It's the bread? Italian herbs and cheese. Mm. There's an Italian herbs and cheese. I thought they only had whole wheat and white. No, dude, I'm a honey oat man. I'm a honey oat bread man because it's just 87% sugar. To be honest, I like I I've had Subway in the last whatever two years or so. Um, there's one near my house. There's one near almost every house, I'm sure. What's um, your chip order? What what chip do you get? Uh, it depends. I don't really like chips. So <laughs> it depends. You usually get You're some some sort of lays. Life? Some sort of lays. <laughs> You get the baked lays because you. There's baked one lays. thing for sure. If you're a subway, you're guaranteed to find a whole treasure trove of baked lays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's I the thing. The what is lays. up with that? Why is why are there so many baked lays at Subway? What the fuck? Uh, I think it's probably because like they they're trying to push that healthy bullshit. Yeah, I may or may not have eaten my weight in barbecue baked lays, <laughs> dude. I I got I'm, 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 they're I'm, so I'm trailing it's healthy, you by not it's that far. They're baked. They're baked. I don't know, but um, as I was saying. Um, I remember like when I lived in New York, I just had no desire to go to a Subway's or a Jersey Mike's because I'm just like, we, there's so many good sandwiches everywhere. You just go to any bodega, they'll just give you a great sandwich. I just never felt like there, I needed to go to a chain. Yeah. I don't know if you, you don't go to that. McDonald's to get a ha- great burger. You go to McDonald's to get a McDonald's right. burger. So it's just a different craving. That's true. Um. Do we have one more? Or we're at we're at an hour now. Do you want to yeah, do one let's more? Do, yeah, let's do let's do one more. Um, I think this should be a recurring question on this show. But uh, what's the best thing you ate this week? I posted about it. My mother in law flew back to Seattle, and now there's a whole debate about <laughs> Seattle as a place where uh, so much going on in my life. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to get her something nice before she goes back, and she went back, and uh, we bought her. Some jajamin. She wanted jajamin. Oh. I would have gotten her some Elaine's or mini kebab if they were open or if I had the time. But I got jajamin at the Dragon. Mm. And it's across the street from Parks Barbecue in K-Town in LA. And I was like, oh my God, they're really struggling. And I posted something on Instagram and I'm glad that people started to talk about Korean Chinese food and the cities that they're in and where they may be able to find it because it is a kind of Korean food that you should learn about. I don't want to talk about it right now, but it's Korean version of Chinese food. And oftentimes these are dishes that are served in effectively Chinese restaurants, but these are like the Korean versions of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have Japanese names and it's a pretty, there's a lot of angles to what I just said, right? There, There's history, there's cultural Wars, there's a lot of shit. All that aside, it's incredibly delicious food. Jajamyeon, tangsiok, uh, jampong. jampong. I posted on my Instagram site. If you just Google it, there's pretty detailed information about what to order. And listen, every, every restaurant needs your support, but there are kinds of restaurants that I think that are 
the cultural legacies that we can't lose. Mm -hmm. And it's not like there are a lot of these restaurants to begin with. There just isn't. Yeah. There's probably one or two in every major big city to begin with. And if we lose them, you're never, you, you may not see them again. And these are the restaurants that we need to support very much so because a lot of times they're part of banquet halls mm -hmm. and they do mm -hmm. that kind of service. And obviously with COVID, that's not happening. And we've already lost enough restaurants and I want to make sure that we don't lose the ones that aren't the most popular or anything like that, but are dependable, are part of the communities and continue to sort of preserve authenticity. And this is the kind of authenticity that I am a big proponent of when they're trying to tell a story that no one else is telling. Yeah. Yeah. And Tsai Chang Mian, you know, in Chinese, we, I guess it's Tsai Chang Mian, but like, and I had no idea growing up that it was this crossover Korean Chinese thing. Anyway, it should be said, shit's fucking delicious oh, too. It is. Here's a quick, quick story about this. When I was in, this is during SARS, we didn't know that I was in Shenzhen. I was all over the place. Uh, and then we wound up in Shenzhen at the epicenter of SARS. <laughs> but um, <laughs> low season, they call it low low travel season. Uh, yeah, low season. <laughs> I was talking a lot of shit because uh, my buddy Tony. I think we we're in Beijing. I was like, oh, Jaja Man, I didn't. This is before Wikipedia or anything. I didn't know. I just was like throwing that shit out there, like I, I normally do. I was like, oh, Jaja Man, that's Korean. You know, because he's like, oh, let's get some judgment. I was like, oh, there's Korean food here? And he's like, no, bro, that's Chinese. <laughs> right. And I didn't know any better. I said, no, it's not. And this almost, I might be gaslighting myself and it seems like an apocryphal story because uh -huh. it just feels like it is. Long story cut short, there was a big bet. I said, there's no fucking way that Jajimian is Chinese. And uh, sure enough, I believe we went to the restaurant that invented Jajimian. It's a definite, it's a definite, no, it's in Beijing. Again, don't hold me to this. This is all stuff that happened years ago, but Chinese jajimian is very different than Korean jajimian. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's much it's more different. meaty and oily and, uh, and more like, almost like a black Italian ragu, right? Mm -hmm. And this is... Like a, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe the Korean version. And there's a a romance to Jajimin about the hand-pulled noodles and and the sauce and, and oftentimes the stories. And I don't know why, but the older generation of Koreans, my parents, it is their comfort food. Yeah. And when I lived in Seoul, I, it's crazy to see how much delivery, almost I would say half of all delivery bikes in Korea are all Jajimin bikes. Mm -hmm. There's a thing called chogabang, which is um, it's I mean, if you translate it literally, it's metal bag. So there's these like carriers that are made specifically, manufactured specifically for these chungguk chips, which is a uh, Korean Chinese places to deliver jajangmyeon and jjampong and all the varying the accompanying accoutrement, and like it's really deeply rooted in Korean culinary culture. This kind of cuisine. I, I mean, I ate the shit out of it when I am in Korea. It's so good. It's I'm so good. Ordering some right now. <laughs> Chris, uh, while you're ordering, do you want to tell us what the best thing you ate this week was? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've actually, we, we cooled it a little bit on ordering out this week. I had kind of gone a little apeshit when we moved into our new place in Oakland. Mm -hmm. I was like a college freshman, just sort of like going a little bonkers with the takeout. But um, I've talked about it with you guys before, but I, I'm sort of blessed being surrounded by a bunch of good media places, birria trucks, and mm. one place, and I'm usually skeptical about things like this, but one place was doing a birria noodles. This place called the Santa Torta here mm. in Oakland, where they were basically taking, you know, fresh egg noodles, like Chinese egg noodles, and just mm. nothing more than like just that in the consomme with the birria, squeeze the lime, chili, and um, it's pretty fucking good. I'm not going to lie. Great. I was a little hungover, but it was pretty goddamn good <laughs> anyway. Um, what about you, Isaac? Um, the best thing I had this week, I think, is home state. I mean, it's very predictable. East side of Los Angeles. Oh, you got home state. You know what? Home state's great. It's awesome. Um, I got a few tacos. And you really can't beat the tortilla. Uh, we talked about it with Gustavo. Their tortilla is amazing. And, uh, you know, the one thing about California cuisine, we talked about Asian supermarkets, but... Obviously, the, the Hispanic food here, you know, not just Mexican, but especially Mexican. It's so good here. You really can't go wrong. But a place like Home State, who has... Um, oh, they have migas. Are the migas good? Migas? I don't think I the had Homestate? the migas this time. Migas, 
They're so good. They're good. Okay. They're so good. I mean, honestly, I love home state. It's so good. It's so good. They're they're amazing. Fuck. That sounds wonderful. All right. Well, that's a that's a full slate of computer generated topics that we've tackled here. <laughs> I, I feel like we've like really let go of the bit of the supercomputer bit. Or, or I'm I not have, letting I don't it go. Know. I just forget that I'm supposed to be a computer. No, we're, we're <laughs> listen, we're still feeling it out. We're going to get this dialed in more and we're going to have this wheel of punishment that we will reveal. Right. Soon. I believe I cut that out of the last podcast, but do you want to explain it real quick? <laughs> No, no, I think it's enough. We'll debut it when we debut it. We'll debut debut the Wheel of Pain. Right, right, right. We'll just say it as the teaser. All right. Take us out, Chang. Well, that was a very long, my opinion is fact. Um, I think we covered a lot of fun topics. Support your restaurants and uh, stay tuned for another podcast soon. Thank you so much, guys. Give us five stars. How will you rate this? Keep on sending in questions at askdave at majordomomedia.com. Thank you, guys. Bye.